want you to imagine sailing the Mediterranean on a ship full of passengers who share your thirst for history, love of country, gourmet Italian food, great nightlife, and relaxing poolside on the deck. Listen, it sounds enticing, doesn't it? You want to go. Join Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, Stu, David Barton, and Rabbi LaPen on a 14-day adventure next spring sailing in the eastern Mediterranean. You're going to visit Italy, Croatia, Jerusalem, Israel, and Athens and Greece to explore the roots of Western civilization on our cruise through history. No time machine required, just a passport and a desire to share your values with the ones you love. You get to explore Venice, the birthplace of commerce. Tour Greece, the origin of the Republican democracy. Walk where Jesus and his disciples shared the gospel that sparked Christianity. Listen, it's going to be a cruise like no other, and Glenn is incredibly excited to share it with you. Bring your children, bring your grandchildren, share this amazing experience. It really is amazing. Show them how the region of the world inspired our Constitution and our founders to create this grand experiment we call and love America. Visit ComeSailAway.com to learn all of the details and different packages. That's ComeSailAway.com. Let's go. It's party time, Mom. You know what that means. We're back in Studio 22. We're hanging out here. And I feel it depends on when you watch this thing. Now, for us personally, of course, this is pre-recorded. I just got back from Ireland dealing with some jet lag. We had fun. I don't remember any of the trip. Hey, there you go. You're all caught up now. My mother I, my mother kept saying, give, him, give me a call. Give me a call. No, Mom. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> not, in that, not, not in an Irish condition. You know what I'm saying? So, party foul, Steve. Good to see you, buddy. Sitting over there in the you. peanut gallery hanging out. And, of course, Hot News Natalie sitting beside you. Right. So I have to use, say Steve. For, it's way better to see Natalie than it is you, Steve. Oh, thanks. And, well, it just is. I see you uh, every day of my life nonstop. It hurts my heart. I know it does. And, of course, the puppet master himself, Mark, sitting over there at the helm driving the Starship. Hi, everybody. Studio 22. How you been? I've been pretty good, yeah. Now, everybody keeps asking us why we didn't have air conditioning, but I'm so thankful to say we have it now. And it feels so much yeah. better in this studio. Yeah, it was it was a really weird moment. I, like, walked around the corner, and I was expecting to just get hit with the heat yeah. the other day, and it wasn't there. And I was like, did, Well, it was so fix? fascinating, and people don't understand, because when you're coming down the hall, coming to the studio, it's nice and cool oh, and yeah. everything. But oh, then yeah. you could, about five feet from the door, you'd feel that heat just oh, hit yeah. you. Just hit you in the face. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a blast. And so we've been yeah. suffering for you folks here Does on the chat. Does it help you had Glenn Beck on the show, and then all of a sudden you have air conditioning? Yeah, we had Glenn Beck sit in here, and, <laughs> and his last words after we I said bye at the end of the thing, he says, we got to get you yeah, yeah. out of here. <laughs> like, sure, Glenn. I, my assumption was he walked over to his studio and, and forgot about us about as soon yeah. as he got halfway across the parking lot there. But no. So anyway, it, thanks for your hard work on getting it done because I don't think it's cold enough in here. We need to drop it down to like 50. Oh, yeah. Let's I sit really, down. I'd like, I sit down. We, we need to run no. the bill up. Yeah. Really oh, run yeah. the bill up. But anyway, sitting here in the hot seat today, my good friend, and I'm glad to have him on the show, the sheriff of Tarrant County. For those of you who don't know what Tarrant County is, well, that's the greatest place on the planet. That's the center of the universe. That is Fort Worth, Texas, and the surrounding areas. Sheriff Bill Wavering, good to see you. Good to see you, Chad, and it's an honor and privilege to be here with you. It is. It really is. Yes, it is. It is. It really is. <laughs> I, uh, when's the last time I saw you? We were doing the fundraiser out at the TX Whiskey Place. That's quite a complex there in Fort Worth, isn't it? It's a great complex and a great addition to the greater Fort Worth area. And, yeah. You know, Neil McCoy was there with us and Sonny and Jolie Burgess and 
Great, great. I saw Sonny and Jolie last week, weekend before last, we did a softball tournament. Natalie was at that. It, they call it a celebrity softball tournament, but they just had people like us out there <laughs> uh, raising money for Carry the Load, and it was a blast seeing some of those folks. I saw Sonny and Jolie out there for that. Neil's always a trip. i got to get Neil here. He's been on the podcast, but I need to get him in this where we can film it. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and everybody can be reminded how ugly he is. I love Neil. Love him. Did you know that Neil gets to judge who who gets to be a Cowboys cheerleader? Did I had that? no idea that Neil was part of that group. Me either. But see, now Natalie's an executive producer on that Making the Team show because she was a Cowboys cheerleader herself. Uh-huh. And she informed us that, that Neil McCoy, and I'm like, that guy's holding out on us. He really is. He never brought it up to anybody, did he? I know. Didn't yeah. want us to know. I know. I need it, to back you up. I am not an executive producer on that show. I'm a producer. Natalie? But don't know. Natalie? Uh-uh. You're going to get me fired. Okay, please. <laughs> but Neil is uh, one I of like the judges, and he's. Producer. He actually, he judged when I tried out, and uh, he's been there for many, many, many years. It's pretty cool. Didn't you tell me you ran the whole organization? No. No. He won't leave. leave. (laughs) They can't take the keys from the building. Okay, let's talk about how is the state of affairs in Fort Worth, Texas? First of all, and I'm not kidding when I say it. I moved here 20 years ago, and to me, it is the center of the universe. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the greater Tarrant County area with Fort Worth and Arlington and the other mid-cities in there, it is a great place to live. It's a great place to work and have a business. And and things from that perspective, the economy is great. In fact, we've got more infrastructure going on in the northeast sector of the county and economic development than 34 states combined in the United States. Wow. So there's a lot of things happening in Fort Worth. In the, in the law enforcement field, we're doing a lot. We've got a we got a booming jail population that we're concerned about and uh, trying to figure out what's going on there. And we have, uh, we're also uh, mitigating a new uh, uh, memo of understanding with ICE. Mm. So what is what are we seeing as far as the trafficking uh, the, of illegals that come through? Our area, through this area, because I know, I know we hear a lot about border crisis, but what are we dealing with here? Well, I tell you, this morning I had a jail population of 4,300. Eight percent of those people are going to be illegal aliens that committed criminal offenses here mm-hmm. in Tarrant County. And out of those eight percent, we're talking about we're not talking about uh, no driver's license or that kind of thing or traffic charges. We're talking about capital murder. You know, we've got cartel hitmen. We've got uh, cartel drug dealers. We've got sexual assault against children. Uh, some pretty evil crimes. And uh, out of that group of illegal aliens, eighty-two percent are, are repeat offenders. Mm-hmm. Is that that means that they they have other criminal histories? They just hadn't got caught and deported. Right. You know, I, and I've I've been below the border numerous times in my life, uh, some for respectable causes and others for not so much. Uh, but I, it's a different, it's a different world in Mexico. And it's, you know, you have, yeah, I know everybody goes on vacation to places like Cozumel or Cabo or things like that. But when you're, when you're trying to, that's not the resort towns, aren't the rest of the country. Now those can be dangerous enough. Yes. And so when you have folks that are operating by a whole different set of laws and and legalities and rules of the street, and then they're going to come here in our cities so it's a it's a big change. It's a huge change, and I was a bunch of sheriffs went. We went down to the border here a few weeks ago, a few months. Well, actually, a couple of months ago, down to McAllen, where at that time a thousand people a day was coming across the border claiming asylum, mm-hmm. and now it's up to about twelve or thirteen hundred. The cartel owns the other side of the Rio Grande, mm-hmm. and you pay passage to go past there. You and these people are are uh, it's a big business. You can rent a kid and be a whole family. And so that you get quicker processes, 
And there's a lot of evil boldly walking along that border. If we're not careful, our border areas will turn into third world countries. Right. Yeah. And I think we're seeing some of that. Now, I want you to take a good long look at party foul Steve over your shoulder right here sitting in the peanut gallery. Have you ever seen him on a wanted poster? <laughs> Never. Well, I, I need to study him a little he bit gro- longer. Yeah, he looks for me. <laughs> he grows the hair out trying to be incognito. But I'm telling you, you shave that head, he could probably look like a cartel member. He could He could look like, just give him a tan and... And a bandana on his head? Maybe he'll go with me when I leave. You know, maybe we'll just run a few things. Good. And, yeah, you're offering a whole new uh, yeah. selective service to, uh, alternative to uh, Uber. There you go. <laughs> no Drive, outstanding warrants. Drive you right downtown. Morning. Now, the last time, so I, I was in your office. We went to lunch one day, and I was I was in your office, and, and your office, of course, which, first of all, I had no idea that's where the office was in that mm-hmm. building. That Taylor... On Taylor there. Street. Yeah. So, it, it, but you looked over the, the one of the jail facilities, but one of them you said was empty, wasn't it? Yeah, one of our old jails uh, is uh, is actually a block over from our right. office, and it's the old Belknap Jail, and it's not occupied right, right. now. It's uh, depopulated. It's ready to go if we need it. Really? It's, it's uh, that's what. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you because yeah. I, I, I wouldn't know if it was inhabitable or it had been condemned or something. Absolutely, like that. we can. You got yeah. places to put everybody. We try. We try because you never know when you might run into Steve <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or someone like him. That's right. Yeah. No, I so. And that's the fascinating thing to me is, you know, everybody wants to complain and they say, well, you know, the current administration's putting kids in cages and this is the kind of thing that's going on. We we know the everybody can read through all the, the minutia there. Uh, it, but here's the thing, man. You come over here and break the law. You're going to put them in a cage. That's right. <laughs> you're going to put them in a jail cell. That's is right. that inhumane? No, don't break the law. That's right. And we're going to separate them from their family, which I'm accused of often. Right. But but I've, remember, I've got 4,200 other people over there I've separated from yeah. their family, too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But but you're exactly right. Now, it, it, I'll tell you a funny story that I don't think I've ever told you this before. Uh, a couple of years ago, this was right after the election. How long have you been in office now? Two and a half years. Man, time flies. Doesn't it, though? I remember, man, I was so happy when you, when you got when, – first when I found out you were running. Because we need we needed change, and I was so happy when I, I, I just saw the the groundswell of support that you were getting. It was incredible. You were the right man for the job at the right time, and then of course with the election, it was great, and and it was fantastic because the incumbent, it was what on his fourth term. Yes, sir. And it was just time for a change. Things yeah. need to be done differently, and we don't need to get in all that. But uh, a lot of people came out and worked on that campaign. Some people of note. I was on the phone. With Aaron Norris. Right. Of course, is Chuck Norris's brother. And Aaron told me, he said, the closest the Norris brothers ever came to dying together or dying was working on your campaign <laughs> because they jumped on the plane and Chuck was flying it and they came through a storm and they both thought they were going down. They said, we're doing all this for Bill Weber. <laughs> that, that, that is a true story, and and uh, they they came through. Uh, Rick Perry was supposed to be there that night. Governor Perry, the former mm-hmm. governor, who was then a presidential candidate, he canceled his flight because it was so dangerous. But the Norrises came ahead and got him. But I mean, it was Chuck Norris. Yeah. But uh, Gina Norris, when she get, she saw me, she hugged me so tight, and she said, "She's a praying woman." But she was in the spirit praying very hard on that plane ride. <laughs> he said, this is the closest we ever came to dying. I, and I remember you called me, Jade, my wife and I, we were down in, I think we were in Daytona, Florida or something like that. We were having a good redneck vacation. 
And you called me on the phone. You said, hey, Chuck Norris is having his event that he has in April. And, and would you be interested in, I think, emceeing that event or whatever? And I said, I've already got an event. I won't be there. And so you and I talked, and then I got off the phone, and, I, and my wife said, what happened? I said, I think I just signed a death warrant. She said, what? And I said, I, I just said no to Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But here you are, live and well. Here I am. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I love you, Chuck. Yeah. The, uh, we need to get him out of Navasota and up here on this show sometime. I agree. Yeah. He doesn't leave the ranch, though. He's just down there bottling water. Yeah, you're down there bottling water. Yeah. yeah, but you did. I mean, that that. Let's talk a little bit about that. That support that you got through that. What do you attribute all that to? You know, I uh, I think it was just a God thing. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. You know, I mean, you know, I met great people, and and I knew the Norses for a while, uh, but I do think that people really, really want to change, and uh, and we were running on just a few things. Hey, we're going to protect our citizens by setting up good intel. We're going to protect our citizens by standing up against immigration issues, and uh, and we're going to allow the Tarrant County Sheriff's Office to enforce laws. We're going to be a rule of law county. And we, we said we were going to do all that, and people seemed to love it, mm-hmm. seemed to like that idea that we were going to impartially enforce law. Yeah. You've been, and as you said, you, you've, so we've got, we're working now on re-election. Yes, sir. You. And what do you think the prospect of the days ahead looks like for you? I know how I feel about it. Well, I, I think that they look pretty good. I believe that Tarrant County is still a strong, urban, conservative county, and I believe that uh, we, will, we will know more, a little bit more in December when we see who files and, and see who wants to come out. But, you know, we have been reaching across the aisles. We've been in uh, uh, the Democratic precincts. And we've been out there being of service to them. And we've been a total sheriff's agency. And, you know, one of the big things that people seem to appreciate about what we're doing is, quite frankly, in our reentry programs. Mm-hmm. We're up to 30 reentry programs for, our, for the people coming out of our jail where we're setting the table for when there are neighbors again mm-hmm. to have an opportunity to uh, come back in and be productive citizens. Yeah. See, that's, that's, again, back when we start talking about party foul Steve again. Mm-hmm. See, I'm trying to get him reintroduced into civilization. And, and, <laughs> I mean, we always joke about Steve joined the Marines because he had no choice. It was that or prison. So, <laughs> I made but a good you, choice. You made a pretty good choice. Yeah. Probably still be in prison. I, I'm so happy that when we go to shows all across this country that I can introduce him to my friends that are that are veterans or active duty military. I say, hey, Steve's a Marine, and I don't have to say he's a felon. Yeah, <laughs> it's so much more crowd pleasing to it be is. able to introduce him as a Marine. But you were Air Force. I was. And I mean, you were you you were born in like what, 1921? I mean, my Something God, like that. I've been around forever. I really, really have. That's what my kids say. You've been here forever. Tell me about the olden days. <laughs> but you were in the Air Force and then uh, you started law enforcement at an early age. I did. Over in Dow Worthington Gardens. How did that come about? Well, actually, it was during my time in Air Force when I was in security forces and security police is what we called them then. And then I had an opportunity to go to the Texas A&M Police Academy. Mm-hmm. So I went through that academy and got introduced and became a part-time officer while I was still in the Air Force uh, for Dalworthen and Gardens. And then later, and when I got out, I became a full-time officer. Yeah. How old were you then? Uh, 21 and 22, respectively. Right. I, I got out when I was 21 and went to work right after I turned 22 full-time for, yeah. for Dow Worthington. And then they made you the chief of police 
At the age, age of 24, right? That is correct. Wow. I don't know what they were drinking that <laughs> night. That, you know, it was just amazing. A well-educated group, and they, they said, we want you to be chief. And I thought, man, they got into the evidence locker or something. You know, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> but you stuck in there. I mean, you were like a hair in a biscuit. I mean, you, you they couldn't run you out once you were in. I, you know, I, I served as chief for 31 years, and I was director of the fire and the police and the emergency services there. I had a great time. It was some of the best days of my life. Yeah. And you had, and you're still a citizen over there. Yes, you're, I am. You're still a resident, though. I want to move over there. Like we want had, you there. If I had my way, every time we go visit Allison, you know, my, my wife and I, we're just, we're, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm house hunting. I'm looking over there. I, I'd love to live over there. Well, we'll, we'll find a place for you. We'd yeah. love to have you. <laughs> we gotta, We'd love to have Jade there. Yeah, we got I know, right? Yeah. We'll come over for the barbecue. The, uh, I have friends all the time. They're like, aren't you, aren't you friends with uh, Sheriff Waver? And I'm like, pretty good friends. I said, and they're like, does does he uh does does he know how crazy you are? So I said, no, I, that's that's the old chat. I'm I'm reformed these days, but I am saving up my favors. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you reelected because yeah. since you've been in office, I hadn't called in a single one. Yeah. Um, I need no, to call I, one in in December. <laughs> you son, did? No, I need to for December. Tyler graduates with oh, his criminal right. justice yeah. degree. Yeah, oh, there you like. go. Yeah, I got doesn't I, make it in the FBI. <laughs> well, we, we've got a place. Yeah, Tyler's a good kid. But no, I, so I'm looking forward to this the, the reelection process. It, it do you find that? Because you were done with law enforcement. I mean, you were done. You were retired, right? Well, I retired actually to run for okay. the sheriff's office. Okay. And, and I'd retired in 2015 as chief, and and then my full-time job was running for office. How did that suit you, getting into the game of politics with this? Well, I one is, is uh, it, it was... I'd a lot rather sometimes face four armed robbery suspects shooting at me than some of the politicians, because it, politics is a is a weary sport, and uh, you know a lot of people out there that you don't know where they what their agenda is, and 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 you're trying to do what you think is the right thing, and then all of a sudden they have a subparagraph that they need done. Right, it's always right. interesting. It is, and I again I'm thankful that you have. You know, you're not only big in stature, you're big in spirit, and you've held up very well in that. You're a man of integrity, and I've always appreciated that. And, you know, Thank when you. I met you, I think we met over breakfast one morning, and and you I did. said, oh, yeah, it's no problem in, with me, you know, supporting you. And I, I was really appreciative of what was coming and what I saw coming on that because I, I knew you were going to have that and handle it, and you did in a big way. But it is, it's you know, being in the public eye and it – in the poll of public opinion constantly is wearying. I know it's got to be exhausting. How's your family hold up with all of that? You know, they're, they're really doing well. Um, in fact, my son Lucas says to tell you hello, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, is, is they're, they're doing well and they're steaming off and they're doing the things that they should be doing. Yeah. And, and, uh, I have to pay attention to managing my time to make sure that sure. I'm there and this, that, and the other, but, uh, you're right. I remember that breakfast with you, and I remember thinking about getting your support, and we were elated that that you came on and you helped out. And it well, was I was great afraid, to you know, the long arm of the Norris family, you know, law might come <laughs> get me if I didn't sign on. So, yeah. no, I was happy to do it. Um, and you've always been a. Uh, and I, I, I want to tell another funny story before I forget it. I remember when we did that. You had the the, uh, the fundraiser event at the old what was that music venue? place called over there was it lone oak live oak 
or something, whatever yes, it was. Yes, yes, yes. Randy Travis was there, yes, and Jay was. Novacek was there, and too many names to list. Just every, a lot of people, they Sonny and Jolie were there again. And I remember they wanted to auction off your hat, and they wanted everybody to sign it. And I remember that look of fear in your eyes about, <laughs> this is my hat. And I looked at you, and I said, we'll get you another hat. <laughs> that, that, that was probably the scariest part of the campaign. And, and Jay Novacek looked at me, and he says, you – I don't think you can do that. <laughs> I don't think you can auction off your hat. And then you said, we'll get you. And Tuff yeah. Edelman was there. Tuff Edelman, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, what, what, that was a great night. And uh, that was a fun night. It was uh, a fun night. That was a real fun night. Yeah, we. but I, I remember that your eyes got big as saucers with you because you said, can I do that? And I said, we'll get you another hat. Yes, yeah. you did. That, that was, was great. I wonder what happened to that hat. You probably know. I do. Uh, it, it That hat is hanging in Colorado mm-hmm. in a cabin up there of the guy who bought it. <laughs> That's and he awesome. talks to me about it every time. He says, I look at the signatures on there all the time. That's Brings great. your name up and yeah. Randy's up and all that. Yeah, the thing was yeah. loaded up. But uh, yeah. it, it, but that was a fun time. So you've always been a – you're an advocate as well. And that's what I think a lot of people may not realize. You're an advocate for adoptive services. Absolutely. And that's a big debate we have here on this show. We're, we're very proud mm-hmm. supporters of life. And we believe, you know, mm-hmm. we're very anti-abortion and we're very much pro-life here. We talk about that. And we often have that arguments raised up about people saying, well, what are you going to do with these, quote unquote, unwanted babies that are born? Yeah. And and I my, my contention is there's no such thing as an unwanted baby. There's people mm-hmm. out there. There who, are people out there for yeah. the babies. Yeah. Uh, it gets a little bit dicier when we see the older kids need to be adopted. You know, right now in the greater Tarrant County area, we got 400 children ready for adoption. Mm-hmm. But they're all older children. Most of them are older children, and some of them are sibling groups. And uh, we're advocating. In fact, uh, Taya Kyle and I are going to be speaking at some churches around Tarrant County in the near future, mm-hmm. trying to encourage people to solidify their marriage and to adopt children. Yeah. What's the process for doing that? Well, there's a couple of different ones. Is that uh, if you go to uh, uh, All Church Homes, which is a great group, or Gladney or Fort Worth Hope, mm-hmm. another great group. Sure is uh, if you go to those groups, you have to become a licensed foster care family, mm-hmm. and then they select the children, help select. The, so it's a long process, but the cost is minimal. It's only about 250 to $300 so the, uh, after these kids. And then uh, the second group, uh, there's a group out of uh, Burleson, a matter of fact, called Addie's Hope. Yep. And Addie's Hope trains you up. Where you need to be, you don't have to get licensed to foster. You can draw, adopt directly, and that's a $250 cost. And these kids have came out of homes, broken homes, and uh, where parents are sometimes in prison, sometimes that are, that their rights have been terminated for various reasons, and uh, they need hope. Mm-hmm. They need second chances. They need that home forever. Yeah. that's a, We're still trying to find a home for Steve, to be honest with you. Just, <laughs> Natalie? Y'all are Tarrant County, aren't you? We are. You're in South Lake? Mm-hmm. How bad's the crime in South Lake? There's got to be a lot of problems up there. <laughs> there's well, crime. There, there's a little bit, but they're, <laughs> they're pretty isolated and pretty nice place to live. And, yeah. And, White-collar crime yeah. up there, isn't it, Natalie? Well, my house got hit by a car. <laughs> oh, have you seen that? <laughs> you need to show the sheriff that video when we get done of the security camera. I mean, they got He's going 75 miles in. an hour. How much? 75. Holy hit her house. When he hit the house. And then walked off. <laughs> He did. Wow. He ran. He we ran caught off. him, though. He ran. I don't know how people. Okay, let's talk about this. In 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 900 years of your law enforcement experience, how <laughs> you've had to see some crazy things. 
You know, I've seen I've seen quite a few crazy things. Uh, uh, Off the top of your head, do you have like a couple of things that I, I I always hate when people put me on the spot like that? So no pressure. Yeah. But like, I could tell you stories about Steve. <laughs> I mean, they, they, but I mean, you had to have seen. I mean, people are nuts, they, and they're getting crazier. They are. You know. You know. We put people in jail. That you know. I remember putting people in jail that thought he was in Bossier City. He lived in Bossier City, and he was he was intoxicated. And he says this doesn't look like Bossier City Police Department. And no, it's not. It's yeah. you're, you're in Darwin Gardens, Texas. And he did not believe us at all. It was kind of kind of <laughs> kind of a funny deal. That is party time, Mom. Listen, yeah. whenever you get to a point where you're so obliterated uh, and drunk that you your party started in Bossier City. And it ended in Dow Worthington Gardens. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good jump. And, you know, I've had funny stuff happen on traffic stops where people have jumped out and, and uh, had a guy jump out of the car one day on me and point his finger at me. And he says, Bef- officer, before you say a word, I want you to know that Bill Wayburn and I are best friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's classic. And I wasn't on my game. I should have been on my game and said, yes, he had me stop you to collect that money you owe him. You know, but no, I, I didn't think of that. That's perfect. That's so, so funny. So this guy that that hit the house, he got out of his vehicle and he left. Of course, he left everything in the vehicle. We probably all know why he left the vehicle. Didn't want to get arrested right then. But you'll never guess how we caught him that night. Because you know what he, because he was in a, a, a field somewhere, called his friend, come pick me up, which is a good friend. But he made a mistake, and I think it's what they all do. That he did a drive-by, and I happened to catch him looking <laughs> um, at his, at his at the damage he did. And I said, I ran back to the officer, and I said, I think that's your guy right there. So two guys in a vehicle at, you know, four in the morning in South Lake, Texas, doing, you know, it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Never him. returned to the scene of the crime. No. Yeah, yeah. you got to go home. Yeah. Dumb outlaws make us look really good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we appreciate that. Sure. And, and we encourage it. And, uh, you know, one night we had a, a woman that was uh, stopped and uh, she rolled down her window and, and I was with uh, I was with the officer. I was in the near proximity. And she, he said, I need to see your driver's license and insurance. And she hands out the window and says, would you hold this? And it was a joint. Would you hold this while I'm looking? So, you know, I mean, people do do silly things and and that kind of thing. So when you held it. Hold my joint and watch this. (laughs) Now, you know, I we've, as you well know, you know, we we try to do whatever we can using our platform to support law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's going to put on a uniform every day with a badge and go out there and be that proverbial thin blue line and stand as as people who are going to serve and protect you have always in any segment of any population in any job occupation anything like that you're going to have your bad apples and those are the ones unfortunately that get all the the limelight and the attention and everybody wants to put a a negative spin or light on law enforcement these days and it really perturbs me um look I've, i've had i've been on the wrong side of the law in my life i've had my episodes sure but at no time did i come away with a sense of bitterness with law enforcement, I still want to support them. There's good people out there who are doing this job. Oh, my goodness, there are. And I, and I tell you, and that's well known that Chad Prather is a big supporter of law enforcement, and I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. There, 99% of the police officers that you run into today, regardless of where they're at in, in the greater North Texas area, are outstanding, noble people mm-hmm. who are answering a calling, and it's a uh, sacred calling. That they're answered, and uh, they believe that they are at a divine appointment, uh, doing what they do, willing to give all. Mm-hmm. They're willing to. They, they they don't have any problem running into burning buildings or running into uh, where the gunfire is coming from, 
and uh, and they're making hundreds of decisions in just split seconds sure. that what the the public and the courts will take months and weeks and sometimes years to figure out. I was I remember, and it's been probably a year, year and a half ago. This video that came out where they took one of the the head of Black Lives Matter the organization mm-hmm. and they put him through a course of reaction like okay well, yeah. who would you shoot in this scenario he shot everybody yeah there you go <laughs> i mean he, every time something jumped out from behind the car boom he was shooting it <laughs> that's <laughs> I mean, why i'm not split, a cop split <laughs> <laughs> he was shooting everything but i mean that's the whole thing you guys i mean they do they have to do with this they go into scenarios and situations i pray for them all the time we do i don't say that lightly i don't say that um cliche we pray every day for our law enforcement. We do as Thank a family. You. And the reason we do is because it's a job I would I would never want to do. I, I, like you said, it's a calling. Right. I would never want to do it. I, I considered it at one point in time. You know, and when I was a young man, I was like, is this something I can see that. And I thought, is this something I want to do? And I thought, uh, uh, I don't believe I don't believe this for me. And uh, various reasons why I'd be shooting everybody. So. <laughs> I'd be that guy in the in the thing. But oh, here we go. My son made up his mind at four years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One, and my dad was a, a police chief in my hometown. He was a police law enforcement for thirty there some you go. Odd years. Yeah. That's still and legacy. It me. Yeah. It, I didn't want no part of it, but. He, he's had it since he was yeah, four. I know. You're like me. I'm always talking about, wow, Grapevine's got a nice jail. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't treat you like animals in here. I mean, they're, I told him, I was like, you guys are really hospitable. He said, we try to be. <laughs> so, but we pray for him every day. I, I see these guys in the dead of night on the side of the highway, vehicles flying past with no regard, mm-hmm. 75, 85 miles an hour. They're walking up on a vehicle. They have no idea what they're about to encounter. Right. And and you just, you know, we had a law enforcement officer that was killed over the weekend. And I didn't get that. I've been out of the country, so I didn't. That was, was where, Grand Prairie? It was Grand Prairie, A.J. Casanata, former right. Tarrant County Sheriff's Deputy. Mm-hmm. So. And that's, and that's you know, you, you see these things, and it gets to a point where we live in a day and an age where you see another headline, and you're like, well, it's just another day in the life yeah. of uh, the world we live in. But these things, they really shouldn't be. They really shouldn't. We should take pause every time we lose an officer. Yeah, I agree with that. And and I I say all the time, there are two professions that should make way more than they make, and they should probably be harder to be oftentimes, and that is law enforcement and public school teachers. (laughs) Yes, I agree with you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, And and it's, 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 it's quite a heavy honor and sacred duty to put that badge on. Is is most of the people, or ninety nine percent of the people I know in law enforcement, feel exactly like that? Is it yeah. they feel like it's honor and it's a sacred duty, and they want to do it? And I've got to travel part of the world, not 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 all the world, but but everywhere I've been, I would measure up the North Texas uh, police agencies to any agency in the world. They yeah. there are a lot of good noble people doing a lot of good things. It's been my pleasure to get to know a lot of them and yes. those men and women, and 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 I think you're doing a fantastic job with it, and. Uh, I know that – where was it? We did an article this past week uh, on one of my sites where – oh, gosh. It actually, I'm ashamed now. I don't, I don't know if I should say the name of the store, but it said in the thing it was a, it was a Zales jeweler. Zales jeweler. And they didn't want the police officer to come in to the store, and they want purchases made by him or with him there because he had a firearm. And I thought, now who are they going to call? 
if somebody breaks in and steals their crappy diamonds. <laughs> I oh mean, that, that's goodness. the weird hypocrisy of the whole thing. It, it really, really is, and I don't understand that at all. When you know, I've heard these stories of people don't want cops in there, and and I'm thinking, who do you want? Right. Exactly. What's the future looking like for Tarrant County? I think I think it's bright. I think that uh, it is a great place to live and work, as I said. I think it's a great place to invest. Uh, we're doing a lot of things right. There's a few things that we probably need to iron out. Uh, but I think as a whole, Tarrant County is going to grow. And, and uh, if we see each other a year from now or two years from now, which we will, I'm sure, and uh, is you're going to see Tarrant County as one of the top urban counties in the nation. Yeah. And we're third largest in Texas right now, 15th largest in the country and growing, and we'll probably be at 13 right. within the decade. I know that, of course, there's always that rivalry between Dallas and Fort Worth. Granted, Dallas doesn't really know they're in a rivalry, but the yeah. folks in Fort Worth certainly do. And so a lot of times people will refer to Fort Worth as being Dallas. And I like to say that we're 40 miles apart geographically. We're a million miles apart culturally in that a big is. way. And I and that's not to say anything negative about Dallas. I, I, I have grown to appreciate Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, certain aspects I still makes me not want to go there. Uh, you know, it's like my old friend says um, – if I die in Dallas, drag my dead body back across the Tarrant County <laughs> line. <laughs> so, but Fort Worth has become a very cosmopolitan city. Oh, yes. It, it, but it's also still the uh, biggest small city in America. Right. You know, when you're downtown, you feel like you're still in a small city, and, and that's the way the people treat it. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. There's a rivalry going on between those two counties, and Dallas often forgets it. People say, hey, are you going to Dallas County? And I said, well, I have to make sure I have enough magazines and a major caliber weapon, but yes. <laughs> I remember the old stories of Eamon Carter, uh, who, of course, is a historic person from Fort Worth. And, and whenever he would go to Dallas, he would pack a sack lunch because he was bound and determined he was never going to spend a dime in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, that's strong right That's there. strong. I'm not that strong. There's some strong. great great people in Dallas <laughs> there are. and great, great there attributes are. Of, of Dallas, Texas. Yeah, it's a fun rivalry. And, yeah. and I always joke, I, I think I did a video about this, about our sister cities, and we all like to make fun of our sister cities in, in Texas. And, but we're still family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the beauty of Texas. I was conceived in Dallas, and my old joke is my parents did a dirty thing in a horrible place. <laughs> <laughs> so if I believe that life begins at conception, I'm a, I'm a Dallasite, or whatever you, you want to call that. So, you know, hey, the hometown crowd. Um, th- but no, I, I it, it, Fort Worth has held on to its culture and its heritage in a big way. Everybody loves going down to the stockyards. You could still ride a horse anywhere in town you want to go. Right. They, and the misconception around the country is they think we ride our horses to work every day. And right. Some do. Some do, but I mean, I can remember doing a horseback interview with the mayor on Main Street years ago, and you know, you can do things like that. You can do things like that. I ride horses often, and mm-hmm. uh, in the Greater Fort Worth area, you know, and in part of the Tarrant County Sheriff's Office, we have full time cowboys. Right. That uh, you know, they're out there. Yeah. Still know, have the mounted, and, mounted police. And, yeah. Absolutely. Know. Yeah. And uh, it's a great place to be. It really is. I, I love it. They're great places to eat. Great places to stay. I encourage everybody to Fort Worth. And I encourage everybody that can vote in Tarrant County to vote for you this next ele- you. election cycle. Um, and Chad, I, know that- I have a fun memory about Fort Worth. Oh, not here fun, we I'm go. sorry, I shouldn't say fun. It was memorable for sure. But um, it's <laughs> when I learned about how powerful um, that county was. I was an intern at WFAA Channel 8 in 2000. And I was wrapping up with Brett Ship. He was my mentor. Yep. <laughs> 
And uh, we were, what? <laughs> we were <laughs> just watching. You. We were about to be. We were about to, to to leave, and the tornado hit that went oh, yeah. through. You you don't hear about tornadoes hitting downtown often, but this one just ripped through downtown. And so, what I thought I thought our day was over, it was not over. And uh, that was right. I don't remember if you remember. Um, sheriff, but maybe around four or five o'clock, we got back in the vehicle and headed that way, obviously to cover the story. But just to see the recovery effort of Fort Worth, Texas, and everybody band together because that was a, it was horrible. It was a very scary moment, and uh, it 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 ripped it ripped that city apart very quickly after they had. I think they they just spent a lot of money even updating and just making it even more beautiful. Um, to see that city pull back together was really tremendous. They came incredibly together after that that mm-hmm. uh, event, and they did put that city back together, mm-hmm. and it was horrific downtown. It looked like a bomb had gone off right, downtown. Yeah, windows were gone. We, we couldn't so, cut. Yeah. We could. You couldn't go into downtown because of the glass that was mm-hmm. coming off those high rise uh, right. high rise buildings. It would just slit you in two it was horrible but you know also i saw dallas pull together for fort worth as well because you talk about that fun rivalry but Mm -hmm. though you know from boots to suits they came together to help make you know this metroplex great yeah they they really did and you know those things is is why we have fun with each other when when it uh they're great neighbors yeah Mm -hmm. i always i i have always my entire life and it's my hyperactivity i've always lived with a sense of restlessness i've always said over the years living in other places, I said I always have the sense of homesickness. No matter where I go, I just feel kind of homesick. It took moving to Fort Worth, honestly, into that area 20 years ago for, for that to be settled in me. And it became home. And as much as I travel all around this country, it will always be home. I love it here. And no, I'm not moving to Hollywood. They, they keep trying to get me out there, and I'm not doing it. Well, I can see that. Uh, you need to be the tra- you go out there and just do business and get back home as quickly well, as you can. This is last summer I was doing that. I would yeah. get on a plane, fly out there for a 30-minute meeting, and go back to LAX and fly back out here oh, again. Oh, my goodness. I was, that was my commute for about three months back and wow. forth out there. It was miserable. You know, there's a great John Wayne movie, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. But in the movie, one of the lines is, is Texas is as gr- uh, to, to men, it's like a beautiful woman. Once you get there, you never want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much true. Yeah. Pretty much true. And that, you, you, when you think about that, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions while I got you. Do you see, you know, for the first time ever, Tarrant County voted blue in the last election with between Cruz and Beto O'Rourke, Bob right. Francis, Robert Francis. Robert Francis. Francis. Uh, which was alarming to me. Yes, that 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 happened. Um, do you see the everybody's talking about so many people from California migrating out of there that come into Texas? It's a great place to live, right? And a lot of and look, California exists to take your money away. We live in a state that doesn't have state income tax. You can come over here, you can do business. So goes Texas. So goes the rest of the country. That's I the agree. old adage. Uh, we're we're the last to go into economic recession, the first one to come out of it. Um, it's a powerful place. It's an economy unto itself. It's a big place. But are you seeing that trend with with the Californians coming over and then they vote they vote according to the way things messed up California? They do. It's a funny thing. They come over here and they say, boy, we had to get out of California and let me vote vote blue again to, yeah. to take it back. But, yes, I do. we do see some of that. But we're also seeing people show up and go, finally, people that think like us. Right. So we are seeing some good people come from there. We're seeing people come back down here from Colorado, from Illinois. And, and uh, you know, when I see them, and I know when you do, is that, listen, don't bring your 
values with you yeah. assimilate to ours. Exactly. And Beto is not a great representative of Texas. You know, as uh, my, our friend Coffee Anderson said, I don't know what John Deere Uber he came into town on. Coffee's <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> funny. Coffee, got to get you on the show, buddy. We keep yeah. threatening to do it, and, and we keep missing each other. I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, he's so funny. Um, but I, but we, do, we do see that trend, and it's a little bit scary. Um, and, I, and I know that there's a lot of folks out there, young folks, that think they're doing the right thing and being a little more progressive. By, but this is that's you use the perfect word. You got to assimilate. You got to you really you got to come into a place. You got to assimilate. And that's true. People coming across the border, you know. And I don't care where you're coming from. I'm not just talking about Mexico or Central America. I'm talking about people that are coming from. You know, you can't come in here and implement Sharia law. That's right. As a Muslim, it, that violates the, it, the concept. Violates the, violates the Constitution. That's that's exactly. And right. People say, well, if you're telling us we got to you're telling people they got to got to assimilate. That's that's. Everything from racist to xenophobic or what? No, it's American or it's Texan. Right. If you're going to come into a place, if I'm coming into your house and you say, hey, take your boots off, I'm going to take my boots off. Exactly. You have your reasons for doing things in your home and I'm going to go by it or I don't have to come to your house. That's exactly right. Yeah. Anyway, and, you know, just, it is a crazy world. And, you know, when I talked about illegal aliens being held in our jail, is it surprisingly how many are from the Middle East, mm-hmm. from China? From Eastern Europe, I mean, we've got Slovakians, we've got Chinese, we've got other Asians, we've got Middle Easterners. So, you know, a lot of people think it's just the Hispanics. It's not. Right. No, it's it's not. In fact, one of the news reports, again, on, on one of my sites this week was how many people from the Congo are coming across the southern border. And Absolutely. you think, well, how in the world does that happen? I mean, from the Congo, that's Africa. Absolutely. It, they're it's, here. It's crazy. And they're bringing Ebola with them. There's yes. been cases of confirmed Ebola. Uh, situations we're in, we're in, you know, got a show in San Antonio coming up at the end of this week, and they got confirmed cases of that going on. I, anyway, well, and, and 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 that's awful. And last week, when you were in Ireland, there was a guy that was arrested overseas that he was he was an ISIS agent, and his his whole mission was to come up across our border to cause mayhem among our finances. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's happening. It's all the way around. We've got it to is. secure that border. Well, thank God for for law enforcement. Thank God for folks like you. Because, because you know, my personal belief, and you and I have talked about this before, Donald Trump's not coming to my house to, to help me regulate my community. He, no. He's not going to do it. Neither is anybody else in Washington, D.C. You know, Dan Crenshaw, he's, he's a friend and a friend of the family. Ted Cruz, the same way. That, those, those congressmen and those senators, they're not coming here to, to, to help us legislate our lives. We take care of our homes. We take care of our communities. And thank God we've got folks like you and the law enforcement agencies that we've got in Tarrant County and, and the sheriffs of Tarrant County that just – you know, these folks, they're our, they're our line of defense. They're our folks, the ones that represent us. And so I'm thankful that men like you and women that are out there, you know, that are doing the job they're doing. I'm honored to be doing it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you. Concealed handgun. You still doing the concealed handgun classes? Every now and then I yeah. do them. I was wondering if you had time to still yeah. do those. Every now and then. Teaching and instructing. And right. Of course, you can. I don't know if you know this or not, but... Uh, Natalie's husband and her brother-in-law, Joseph is her husband, and Jared's her brother-in-law, Stanier. They have Texas, um, I'm sorry, DF. Texas gun experience. I, Texas, well, they have DFW shooting DFW sports. DFW shooting sports, mm-hmm. which is, is that Richland Hills? Uh, Bedford. Bedford. Mm-hmm. So great gun store. I spent more money than I'm going to admit uh, <laughs> two weeks ago in there because my wife's going to watch this program. Uh-huh. She knows I spend a lot of money on guns, but this was astronomical. Oh, boy. Um, but they're opening, in Grapevine, they're opening the, the Texas gun experience. I always want to get the names confused, which is going to be a machine gun range. Right. In Grapevine. So, yeah. 
but they, they'll do CHL over mm-hmm. there and uh, great folks. It, but I was going to ask you, do you think a Texas, I know Oklahoma recently did it. You think we should be a constitutional carry state? What's I think your opinion on that? I, you know, I think it's coming. I, I think there's a lot of hesitation among law enforcement, but I think it's really coming because the gun laws have really lightened up anyway in Texas. Sure. I mean, you can carry it in your car, you can carry it in your business and, of course, in your home. So that's probably just the next step. And there's been about 38 or 40 other states that have done that forever. And, you know, there hadn't been any uh, Dodge cities or anything like that. Yeah. So it will probably, it's kind of an evolution. And I think when Texas is ready, it'll do it and it'll be just fine. Yeah. I never knew. And I still don't, I'm still not sure how I feel. I, I believe in freedom and liberty. Me first too. Of all. And so, you know, open carry, I don't know how I felt about all that stuff. I mean, I'm not good. I'm personally not going to open carry. Right. Um, I don't have any need to, you know, do that. And I recommend so, against it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not going to make myself a target like that or anything. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's the smartest thing to do. But but how often are people getting checked for those licenses? I mean, they, they really don't. I really Texas. don't think. I, I really don't think that that's happening much. You yeah. know, my friends. Now, if something goes down and you shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, then we're going to ask you questions. Yeah. <laughs> that's a different <laughs> yeah. deal. Yeah. And, uh, but I have friends all the time on the East Coast, you know, in Massachusetts and New York and, and especially Mass. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've given me a hard time. So everybody in Texas carries guns. And I said, well, we do. In fact, if you stop at our registration points when we come into Texas or are welcome to Texas places, if you don't have one, we'll give you one. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're pro-gun down there. And, and those folks from Mass are having a hard time with that. And I said, but you guys got to remember, we got ranches bigger than your entire state. <laughs> That's right. So. See, I've got I got my fanny pack over there, and everybody wants to make fun of me because I wear my fanny pack. Yeah. But I, I keep something in it to take care of the people that make fun of me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So I don't worry about it. Sheriff, thanks for coming on here. Oh, it's been such a pleasure and fun time to be yeah. with you, Chad. It's well, always fun to be with you. It is fun. We don't see each other enough. We need uh-huh. to do lunch soon because you buy, and I enjoy that. Yes. The uh, what, that what's, uh, what's the best way folks can help support you? Uh, go to Bill Wayburn for Sheriff. And that is W-A-Y-B-O-U-R-N. That is correct. Right? Yeah. I, I know some people want to misspell that sometimes, and I, and then I start second-guessing myself. But W-A-Y-B-O-U-R-N. Yeah. And so find him online. He's on social media as well. Yes, sir. Uh, you're very transparent, and I Absolutely. appreciate when you, you know— take the risk and share some of my stuff out there. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm honored to do I it. I love it when politicians share my stuff. It shows me that, uh, they got cojones, <laughs> you, know, you know, and, and what do we want to do? We want to bring the light to the truth. That's right. And just put it out there and say, Hey, this is what's going on. Think about this for a minute. Yeah. That's what, that's what we try to do. I just yeah. try to wrap it in a little bit of humor and make it an easier pill to swallow. And it's something it, this day and age, it's hard to do. It really Everybody's is so sensitive. Thank you for doing what you do, and uh, we appreciate you. We really do. And I'm looking forward to the next event. And uh, they didn't let us drink whiskey at the last one. This TX guys, Leonard and Troy, I got to get on to them. Yeah. Bless their hearts. That's a beautiful place over there. It is a gorgeous place, isn't it? Yeah. This got some other stuff back there. Well, there you go. Yeah, I guess you do. TX, they're longtime friends. Longtime friends. Sheriff, thanks for coming on. And, thanks for having uh, me. Best, best wishes and good fortune in the upcoming election that's going to be there. I'm telling you, get out there. Uh, Tarrant County, you got to vote. you got to vote the right way. And when I say right way, I mean the right way. <laughs> okay. So for the Chad Brady Show, Studio 22, Party Foul Steve, Hot News Natalie, and, of course, the Puppet Master Mark. And I think probably next time Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians, will be back in here with us. And uh, for Sheriff Bill Wayburn, Sheriff of Tarrant County.
Support him every way you can. We love y'all. God bless. Bye. Bye.